This portion of the show is brought to you by Kim Dawson at Nova Home Loans. This is the Jeff Orvid Show. All right, welcome everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for everyone who watches the videos as well. Jeff Orvitz here. Happy to be here with you today. Uh, I, I'm going to work through my list as much as possible here. I will start off once again on the national and then international side of things, uh, including the nomination of Steve Scalise to the Speaker of the House. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Uh, then I've got a lot of stuff uh, statewide that we're going to try to hit on as well. So I'll do my best to get through everything. And if you got any comments, as always, I appreciate it. And uh, we'll work on getting those out there as well. Should have Olivia by an hour two to read some of your comments. I got I got several stacked up already on Israel. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. That's talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Let's start in Washington, D.C. Uh, let's start with the battle for the nomination for a new Speaker of the House. And just in case you came back from vacation somewhere where there was no internet connection, no newspapers or, or whatever, as you know, McCarthy was ousted in a historic vote uh, just last week. So the House has been without a speaker. They just have a, a guy they're filling it temporarily, McHenry, whose sole job is to get a new speaker of the House and to facilitate that vote. Well, today, earlier today, uh, the Republicans met in conference, you know, just, just by themselves to vote for uh, or to nominate, I should say, nominate a, a new speaker of the House. And then they'll have to bring this nominee forward uh, onto the House floor. So the two choices were Steve Scalise uh, and Jim Jordan. Steve Scalise got 113 votes. Jim Jordan got 99 votes. So very close margin there. But Steve Scalise will be uh, the nominee coming up here on the House floor once they do that. However, the House has adjourned for the rest of the day. I presume, and I haven't talked to anyone back in D.C. just yet, but I've read some articles and looks like they'll come back tomorrow and start this fight over who's actually Speaker of the House. So possibly tomorrow we'll, we'll get you all that. All the Democrats tomorrow, if this is when it happens, are expected to vote for the minority leader right now, and that's uh, uh, Jeffries. Uh, Scalise is going to need 217 votes to become Speaker of the House, meaning he can only lose four Republican votes. So if five Republicans join together, they can block the speaker. Because like I said, all the Democrats are once again going to vote for Jeffries and, you know, let the let the Republicans fight it out. It's exactly what the Republicans would do if the if the shoe were, were reversed. Now Jordan, uh Jim Jordan, who lost the nomination by, you know, what, uh, 13, 14 votes here, he's ex- he has offered his support to Scalise. He's even offered to nominate him from the floor, so we'll see what happens there. However, I was reading through all the comments, not all of them, but a lot of the comments from other Republican representatives, and I counted up many more than five Republicans who have already indicated that they are not going to vote for Scalise. Uh, so we'll see if this battles out like it did with Kevin McCarthy. Remember, Kevin McCarthy had 15 rounds of voting. I think it was the most... He wanted it so bad. It was the most uh, in-house uh, race history, 15 rounds of voting that happened. So we could see something like that develop once again. Now, both of these people are far more conservative and a far better choice than Kevin McCarthy, than a California Republican. Uh, so you got Steve Scalise. He's 58 years old. He's out of Louisiana. 
he is being treated for cancer, and a couple members have brought that up about this being the hardest job in the house. Uh, he says it is, quote, very treatable. Uh, so, and he says he's got the support of his wife, and his doctor gave him the, the thumbs up to go forward. So, you know, what, what do we know about that, really, in his personal life on that side? Uh, he's been in politics since 1996. I always like to shoot this out there. Like, how long have they been in the system, whether it be at the state or federal level? Uh, and, and, you know, what, what's their life experiences be, besides politics? So he's been in office since 96 in the legislature in, in Louisiana from 1996 to 2008. He's elected to Congress in 2008, and he has been there ever since. He's been in leadership since 2014. He was the majority leader right now, and then he's whip and other positions as well. Uh, Jim Jordan, he's 59 years old, so these guys are the same age. You know, they're not 94, which I guess is a good thing. McCarthy wasn't that old either. Um, Jim Jordan's out of Ohio. He, similar to Scalise, I mean, these guys are kind of the same as far as their timeline and all this stuff. He's in the, the Ohio legislature from 95 to 2006, and then he got elected and went to Congress in 2007. He was He is one of the founding members. He was really the driving force back in... I can't remember the date. I lost that. But he found finding the 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 Freedom Caucus, and the Freedom Caucus is the folks that brought down Kevin McCarthy. The Freedom Caucus is the folks that brought down or caused the the fifteen rounds of vote uh, voting eight eight months ago with McCarthy. So uh, I, you know, if I had to pick, I'd be picking Jim Jordan. I think he's far more conservative than Steve Scalise. Uh, although Steve Scalise does have a lot of conservative, you know, good ranking when it comes to, you know, those those sites that rank the members of Congress. But Jim Jordan is vastly more um, uh, more uh, conservative than Scalise. But Scalise is vastly more conservative than McCarthy was. So we'll see what happens. I'll keep you up to date and we'll see if we get uh, on Thursday, tomorrow, uh, voting on this and see what happens there. Uh, first order of business. So Scalise says that he wants a resolution supporting Israel. Um, but the real looming thing they're also going to have to deal with, because I expect they'll come together and pretty quickly they'll get majority support to vote a resolution supporting Israel and condemning Hamas. Uh, and it continues to get insane over there with, I don't know, 100,000 troops now amassed at the border to go over into Gaza and 300,000 reservists pulled up and other border skirmishes now happening, more and more people dying. Uh, it's just it's just totally crazy, totally evil what's, what's happened over there. Anyway, they're going to be dealing with that. But the real big thing they have to deal with is the continuing resolution. So as you know, just, what was that, last week? It seems like 100 years ago already. They voted, Congress voted, and that's what triggered the ouster of McCarthy because only one member, just one member of Congress can make a motion to vacate the seat of the House of the Speaker. And that was uh, Gates, Matt Gates out of Florida. By the way, Matt Gates says he's, he's supporting Steve Scalise, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, so this just started, and then they boosted, booted him out because he voted for a continuing resolution, didn't have any real spending cuts, didn't have any spending cuts if you look back at the budget to, to 2019. Spending like crazy, deficit problems, you name it. Uh, but the thing that's coming up really quick, November 17th, is this continuing resolution ends – and they have to vote on because the fiscal years, you know, the, the time is up on this thing unless they keep ruling by continuing resolution. They have to vote on the uh, expenditures. And the big battle is they want 12 up and down spending bills so that people can vote not on the whole package and get thrown, you know, a thousand page document three minutes before the vote. They want to see what's in this, at least some members. And a lot of these members don't care anymore. Uh, and then the other contentious issue, obviously, is Ukraine funding. 
And then, of course, the debt, the deficit spending, like I said. Um, on that note, hey, I, I came across this article. I think it was on uh, Zero Hedge. The interest expense on the national debt is going to raise up from it, – it was under $400 billion when interest rates were really low, right? Uh, it's around $500 billion per year is just the interest to pay on the $33-plus trillion national debt. It is estimated that the interest – payment alone. We're not paying any principal down. It's like making the minimum payments on your credit cards, right? By 2024, which is next year, the interest is going to be $1.4 trillion per year. That's assuming that the interest rates hold like they're holding. And the producer price index came out today hotter than expected. So, you know, for a month there, they were talking like they actually beat inflation and that they were getting, you know, getting it to calm down and all that. And the prospects of no longer raising interest rates, and they, they did pause one month on the interest rates, but no longer raising and then eventually bringing these record high, not, maybe not record high, but the biggest, um, largest increase that's ever happened in like a one-year period, there was hope that maybe they were going to start being able to ratchet down if inflation starts coming down. But the producer price index, which is you know all the stuff to make the stuff, all of that input is, has gone up uh, year over year. So the prospects of lowering interest rates are very low. So back to the national debt and something that Congress is going to have to work on. They're going to pay, go from $500 billion per year in interest payments to $1.2 trillion. But what if interest rates go even higher? Keep in mind, the federal budget right now is about $6 trillion, more than that, really, $6.2 trillion. The federal budget was $4 trillion before COVID in 2019. So if we just went by that metric, we're spending a quarter Coming up in 2024, sorry, we're expected to be paying more in a quarter of uh, the amount of the expenditures to interest if you base it off just the, what the budget was a few years ago. I mean, 20% if we look at it, the inflated budget right now. That's insane. That's insane what we're doing. So, what's our priority as a nation? You know, for, for Biden, believe it or not, it's still climate change. And, and this one was unearthed here. Um, uh, just today, people have been dusting this one off. So when you go to sleep at night, what are you more fearful of? What are you more fearful of? Climate change, right? You like you go to bed and you're like, oh, you wake up cold sweat. I can't believe it. It wouldn't be a cold sweat because climate change, you know, the earth's heating up so much, you're just sweating to death, right? Do you ever, does anyone ever wake up and is like having a nightmare that climate change is coming? The wackos are. The climate alarmists are doing that, and apparently Joe Biden as well, if he doesn't get enough ice cream to cool down, you know, he's worried about climate change. So so are you more worried about climate change or with Ukraine, Russia going on right now, the war there, with a war in the Middle East that could spread throughout the Middle East with nuclear-armed nations like Israel and Iran, who knows what they've got, or are you more worried about climate change? Well, here's what Joe Biden said. Last month, he was in, in Vietnam. Uh, here's what he says. The, the biggest threat to humanity is. The only existential threat humanity faces, even more frightening than a, than a nuclear war, is global warming going above 1.5 degrees in the next <laughs> 20, 10 years. I, right? Right? You go to sleep and you're like, I'm going to die from global warming. I mean, who thinks that? I feel sorry for people that actually believe this crap and think this crap. But I mean, no, I, I'm a little more concerned, Biden, with nuclear war, with something going wrong because the wrong people are in charge on either side 
and something going haywire and the U.S. and, and Russia lobbing nuclear bombs back and forth. I think that's a bit more concerning. So this was an interview uh, today, I think it's today or yesterday, with Mar- Martha McCallum on Fox News. And she was interviewing, what's this guy's name, John Kirby. John Kirby, who is a spokesperson for Biden. And she's like asking, hey, well, is this really the biggest threat? We, we have the biggest threat is climate change and not nuclear war? The president believes wholeheartedly that climate change is an existential threat to the all of human life on the planet. That's just science. That's a fact, Martha. Fact. But it doesn't mean fact. that we Jack. turn our back on the other challenges facing this country and our allies and partners around the world. We've got broad national security commitments, literally globally, and we've got to mind all of them at the same time. You mentioned two of them, uh, obviously Israel right now, certainly uh, Ukraine over the last almost two years now. Uh, we are big enough and powerful enough and effective enough nation to be able to look after all these disparate national security threats. And one of them absolutely is climate change. Again, that's John Kirby, a spokesperson for Biden. These guys are arrogant, and they think we can do everything everywhere in the world. Look, I have been against the funding of Ukraine and this nonstop, unending, corrupt pit over there. I, first of all, I didn't want to send, spend, send the money over there, $113 billion as of right now. Probably a lot more that we don't even know about. Who knows? I was concerned and have been concerned about depleting our military supplies and other supplies, funding this thing and, and, and keeping this thing going when we should have been at the negotiating table. And here's, here's a big reason why. I was worried that something else was going to come up. Some kind of black swan event, whatever it may be. And look, that's now that's Israel. But what else could it be? Where else could we be a week from now, a month from now, six months from now? I mean, I had on um, Larry Barron yesterday, yesterday from uh, um, PowerTheFuture.com. He's like my energy guy, and he, he knows his stuff. And we we're talking about the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, the SPR, that Biden has drained. He's drained the thing. He's drained the thing for political reasons so that he could get people reelected, Right. And meanwhile, now we have real threats and a real big threat in the Middle East where so much of the world's oil comes from and the thing's running on empty. We got, what, what, did, what did he say? What did Larry say yesterday? I got to dig the interview, dig back into the interview. 13 days or something? We got a couple weeks of oil in this country if the spigots were just shut off. And at the same time, Biden's made it impos- nearly impossible to drill here in this country and to produce and be self-reliant like we were under Trump. So, so look, I didn't want Ukraine because I was worried that we we're going to be sending all our materials over there, all our treasures, and plus it could lead into a bigger war. And now we've got Israel to deal with. And I think Israel is a much more strategic issue. And not just looking at the hu- humanity side of this and the evil you know, barbarism from Hamas and, and Gaza Strip there and other regions, I fear, soon. But looking at strategically, you know, keeping that ally in place, keeping them secure there, keeping the Middle East secure, I think is a far bigger and more important issue than screwing around in Ukraine. And now we've depleted so much in this country, and we come into things. Unlike when we came into World War II, and I hope we don't go into World War III, but when we came into World War II, we came in from a real position of power, and capability and i worry now i worry with these politicians that they've depleted so much and put us into a such a weak and vulnerable position all right love to hear from you talk with jeff at icloud.com get those comments in share those here in a little bit 
Uh, look, if I was selling a home in the Flagstaff area right now, I'd call Kelly Broadus with the Broadus Properties Group brokered by EXP. Uh, so many people have done that, and she's done such a good job of getting people top dollar for their home when they're selling. Uh, here's why. I mean, you, you've heard her on this program. She puts so much into selling your home. We're talking dollars. We're talking getting the thing advertised, getting the thing out there. We're talking professional photographers. We're talking the drones that go overhead and give you all the aerial shots. She's going to get your house sold for for the the top that you can get. She's got a great team around her. Why don't you call Kelly Broadus right now and talk to her about selling your home. 888-446-5602. That's 888-446-5602. And you can also do this. You can go to northernarizonafinehomes.com. And you click on the valuation tab, and you can get the valuation of your home emailed to you without talking to an agent. It's going to be real quick, and then you know where you stand, and and she's going to get you top dollar. Again, go to northernarizonafinehomes.com or call Kelly right now at 888-446-5602. Back in a minute. I've been going out to Timberline Firearms and training for many years now. Look, if you want to bring your firearms skills up to the next level, this is the place to go in northern Arizona. Timberline Firearms and training is just five minutes north of the Flagstaff Mall. Why don't you call right now if you're new to firearms? Maybe you're somewhere in the middle. Maybe you're an expert. They've got great training that will bring you to that next level. Timberline Firearms and training, 928-526-7900. Or take a quick drive five minutes north of the Flagstaff Mall. When you get out to Timberline, you're going to see they have a great line of Liberty safes. They've got firearms, ammunition, accessories. Uh, there's so much out there. Plus, their great indoor shooting range. And I want you to go out there right now and also take advantage this week of Tuesday. If you're in law enforcement, they have law enforcement shoots for free at the range. And don't forget, every Thursday is Ladies' Day. Uh, all day, you get $11 range time. That includes one gun rental, and you just got to buy the range ammunition. Like I said, Timberline Firearms and Training, just five minutes north of the Flagstaff Mall or call 928-526-7900 to book one of their training opportunities right now. That's 928-526-7900 or go to TimberlineFirearms.us. more here from dc so george santos this is this this guy's an idiot i think i don't think i know this this republican that just needs to go away so we can get back to some serious business maybe charged with conspiracy wire for fraud and more uh that's from cbs news um he says he won't take a plea deal anything like that so yeah he remains there we've got a bunch of clowns there uh we've got the clowns in the squad the democrat socialists these the democrats if they had any dignity left would kick these whack jobs you ever see these people he's like oh my gosh anyway black lives matter chapters uh celebrate terrorist attack in israel uh they revel in the slaughter at, at music fester festival this is from uh mediate uh, the massacre was commemorated by Black Lives Matter in Chicago, which posted a graphic of a paraglider and the Palestinian flag and the caption, quote, I stand with Palestine. They posted that on, on Twitter to, uh, yesterday. And the reason why they used the paraglider, and I don't know if you've seen these videos, I have the Hamas 
whack jobs. Some cross over the border in these ultralights. Not like not, it's it's kind of like a, a pair. Yeah, it's a paraglider. It has a like a parachute up above and a big prop behind, and you sit in the one or two seat. Uh, it's like a go kart with a parachute, basically. And they flew over. So these guys are are celebrating uh, the fact that they came over. And a student. So another another group here. And I guess I guess uh, Black Lives Matters, but uh, Jewish lives don't matter. I guess um, according to them. <laughs> A student group at Tufts University is facing backlash after a statement in which they praised the quote-unquote creativity of Hamas terrorists who used the paragliders to launch an attack on Israel that left over 1,000 dead, including 22 Americans. It's from Daily Mail. Tufts Students for Justice in Palestine uh, called the terrorists liberation fighters paragliding into occupied territory, adding that they had, quote, spe- especially shown the creativity necessary to take back stolen land. Yeah. Hey, by the way, because I was talking about the continuing resolution and our budget woes here in the country and how we are entering a period of real huge world turmoil from a weakened state, especially if you look at past times when we've had to enter this and the world leaned on the United States. But, you know, we're, we're, our fiscal house is definitely not in order. It reminds me more of how Britain was uh, for, between World War One and World War Two, and leading into World War II. Um, they lost their empire. They lost their monetary status. They lost so much more because they weren't very strong going into that. And um, they had to rely on the United States to survive and to ultimately win World War Two. right? Well, who who's our backup plan? <laughs> you know, Britain Britain had the big, powerful United States to come over. You know, what's the backup plan here if we keep weakening ourselves? So anyway, the United States invested more than four hundred million dollars in taxpayer funds on development projects inside the Gaza Strip since Hamas took over. That was back in two thousand and seven. That and Mark Howitt was talking about this yesterday. Mark, who's been in spent years in Israel. It's talking about how the people of the Gaza Strip, they voted these people in. And then, of course, once they got in, they won't cede power. There's no more Democrat elections after that because they're, they're you know, evil tyrants. So that's from, from government documents. This is an article from the Free Beacon. To $400 million that you and I have sent over the Gaza Strip that Hamas gets since 2007. This is insanity. We have the worst leaders out there. In the world, we got to make some serious changes. All right, get your comments in. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. We'll be by in the second hour. We'll uh, get to some of those. And if you happen to be listening back to the podcast, please hit that subscribe button. Appreciate that. All right, now Marcos Pizza voted best pizza in Flagstaff many years. Uh, best pizza, best wings. Uh, they've got three locations where you can get that awesome pizza. Uh, they've got three locations where you can get the wings. They've got that cheesy kind of bread. I always forget the name. Sorry. Sorry, Namarcos. I always forget the name, but it's really good. Just tell them cheesy bread and they'll get it to you. I think it's called buffalo bread, actually. Uh, Namarcos Pizza has great lunch specials. Remember this tomorrow because you can get like a slice and a salad and a drink. You're going to be out, out of there under 10 bucks. They have two slices and a drink. They've got a lot of great lunch specials that, that aren't, you know, it's not going to break the bank. You're going to get great pizza, great food, great craft beers there as well. Stop on by Namarco's Pizza, order online, or for curbside pickup at namarcospizza.com. That's namarcospizza.com.
With the instability out there, I've told you that Angela and I, for years, for decades now, we've always liked to own a little bit of physical gold and silver. Isn't it time to at least look into this? See if it's the right fit for you. Talk to your financial advisor. Talk to Justin and his team at Desert Gold Exchange about getting a free investor's kit so you can learn more about owning physical gold and silver and getting it delivered to you, uh, how you can safely store it, all that stuff. And it's more important now than ever before to understand all all your options when it comes to alternatives and what I call an insurance policy. That's how I look at owning physical gold and silver. It's just a small percentage even. Just to have, just in case, you know, the you know what hits the fan, which it seems to be hitting the fan. Call Desert Gold Exchange right now at 888-852-4343. Put Justin and his team to the test. I think you're going to find that they have the lowest prices out there, and they keep that overhead low. They pass the savings on to you. Desert Gold Exchange, 888-852-4343. That's Desert Gold Exchange at 888-852-4343. Back in a minute. If you're listening to the podcast, please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there. If you're not listening to the podcast, subscribe. Look up The Jeff Orbit Show. Also on video, Rumble, follow us there. And on YouTube, subscribe. We appreciate everyone who's done that. Listening to the Jeff Orovitz Show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Gutter Helmet of Northern Arizona. This is the Jeff Orovitz Show. All right, your comments always welcome. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Welcome back. Uh, Olivia will be by with those comments in the second hour of the program, plus almost entirely all Arizona items, including. A new law that's going to go into effect on roundabouts. Where do you hear this one? This is just just stupid on a monumental uh, scale. I've always told you I've had ch- challenges and that I hate a lot of these roundabouts, but wait, wait till you hear what the battle is about next over these things. Uh, as you know, and we'll talk a little bit about this more next hour, there's a battle going on against uh, your kid's education your freedom of choice when it comes to educating your kid, and that's, you know, or kids, grandkids, I should say. Um, then that's coming from Governor Katie Hobbs mainly and the, the teachers' unions. Now, now keep in mind, Katie Hobbs is, is all about choice when it comes to killing unborn babies, right? She's all about choice when it comes to that. And how Arizona's 12-week abortion law limit, you can't have an abortion after 12 weeks, you know, how, how draconian that is, right? But when it comes to pro-choice for your kid's education, oh, no, 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 we can't do that. We can't do that. Um, I will talk about that a little more next hour, but she is going full on trying to eliminate or massively change the ESA. And what they keep bringing out is these cases of, of questionable use of the ESA funds. And ESA funds are the, the money that you get in that invisible backpack that follows your kid around. And you can apply for this and then send your kid to a private school. You know, you don't have to be loaded. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be, you know, the, the, the Waltons or something. Uh, you can send your kid to a private school and you get seven, about 7000 bucks or so. Uh, well, she's claiming that's, that's, that's going to bankrupt the state, which is just... 
I don't know where she was educated, but that's just that's just stupid because it doesn't even make sense mathematically because it costs over $13,000 per kid. I think it's even more to educate your kid in a public school. This should be a cost savings to the state. What is she talking about? I'll break it down a little more next hour, plus either tomorrow or Friday on the program. I'm expecting uh, an interview with Jenny Clark, who's with an organization that helps people get ESAs, that is helping try to change our schools, uh, especially just the insanity that's been going on, the woke schools and all of that. Uh, let me let me get her website here. It's uh, Of course, I lost it. Anyway, she's got a great site once I find it for you. And uh, she really does a lot of good work out there. Jenny Clark talking about uh, pro-choice when it comes to our schools and trying to save the ESA program. And some good news when it comes to the inflation side of this, because we thought that this thing was going to get knocked out by inflation. Well, there, there may be some adjustments that actually come or have already come to the ESA program. So I'll hit on all that. Uh, one more thing on the Arizona side, and we'll hit on this again more next hour. But Carrie Lake did do her big announcement yesterday. She had a big event down in Phoenix somewhere. Uh, I'm expecting Carrie Lake to be on the program tomorrow. Uh, to talk about her race for the U.S. Senate. She's jumped in that race. Uh, on the Republican side, you've got her now and uh, Sheriff Mark Lamb. We've had Sheriff Mark Lamb on a couple months ago, and he's been on in the past as well. Uh, I will get him back on, and then, like I said, I expect Carrie Lake tomorrow, and then we'll we'll continue to get both of them on as as this progresses. I'll also open it up to Ruben Gago. Uh, if he wants to come on the program, He's more than welcome to come on. He's the Democrat. Uh, and, of course, uh, Senator, independent senator now. She left the Democrat Party. Kirsten Cinema is, is welcome as well. Never had her on the program. We've sent invites over the years, but we've never been able to get her. Now, I don't trust the polls, but I got nothing else to really look at other than looking at my gut and you know figuring out where I think this race is going, this three-way, three-way race, assuming cinema enters, and she's out raising money, so I fully expect her to enter as an independent. So we got a unique situation here where you have three very viable candidates in Arizona, a Democrat, Republican, and an independent. Yeah, there'll be a no-labels person. There'll be a libertarian as well, but they're, they're not going to be in this race. Uh, a poll did come out from a Democrat-leaning firm, Public Policy Polling, it's called. Uh, this is an article from The Hill. It's, it was commission. keep this in mind, because I saw one of these from Carrie Lake's camp as well, which, of course, shows her up. So this is commissioned by Gallego's side, uh, but it is showing, of course, he's ahead. That's amazing how that always happens. At 41% support to Carrie Lake's 36%, which since this is a Democrat polling leaning operation, I'm going to assume that this is really a dead heat between, uh, as of right now, anything can happen between Carrie Lake and Ruben Gallego going forward. Uh, I saw a poll from Lake's campaign that showed kind of you know, kind of the opposite. She was ahead by, you know, four or five points. So I, I think this is pretty, a pretty uh, good match here, considering that a third of the state's Democrat, third of the state's Republican, uh, third, more than a third, actually, at this point is independence, taking on a, it's become the largest voting block here in Arizona. Now, cinema in this same poll showed 15% support in this three-way matchup. This was done right before, I guess, Kara Lake actually officially jumped into the race, and then 8% uh, said they were not sure, uh, I guess. I mean, I don't know. You got three clear choices here. You think you'd be decided on this one already. Uh, so Cinema has put out there and leaked out this document just last week saying that she sees a path that she's going to clearly win. You know, she's going to carry the independence, the vast majority of independence, et cetera, et cetera. But 
this and the Carrie Lake poll showed the same thing, that she was in a distant third place uh, going forward. Don't know. We'll see. Um, speaking of, um, of wonderful elected uh, senators, I, I, I did catch this one. Bernie Sanders just came out criticizing Israel's offensive in Gaza. So Fox News headline, he calls it ser- a serious violation of international law. Uh, really? Really, dude? What, what is he? He's, he's one of the, um, remember, remember the other day, it was yesterday or the day before, I told you that 66% of the Senate is over the age of 60. And then you got a, several 80-year-olds, which Bernie Sanders is. Wow, been around a long time. Um, he, he didn't say anything about Hamas, did he? I didn't see him come out with that. He's saying that, are you serious that Israel, after that brutal, evil attack from the Gaza Strip, from Hamas, that they can't, they, they can't, they can't defend themselves? Is this a violation of, of international law? What was the Hamas attack? God, these guys are out of their mind. Um, one more thing on the spending side that I touched on in the beginning of the show, because I, I was mentioning Ukraine and how it's time to, it's time to dry that up. We've got so many big challenges in this country to face. We've got to make decisions. Contrary to the Biden administration, we can't do everything. We can't be everything all at once. And we need to prepare our nation for the challenges ahead and the many challenges. We should, we've got to be careful with where we're sending our military supplies at this point, our treasure, our troops, you name it. But it's not going to stop the bureaucrats because the U.S. has now announced, it's from Wall Street Journal, new military aid for Ukraine. Uh, and, and they go on to say, as obstacles mount, yeah, uh, the fact that the support for Ukraine has now gone totally off the cliff and nobody's going to want to fund this thing going forward, especially with what's going on in Israel and probably going to be going on expanded throughout uh, the Middle East. Uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, the package valued at about $200 million. <laughs> Unbelievable. Which, okay, that's, that's a ton of money. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that the ask from the Biden administration is $26 billion, and the fact that the taxpayers have sent over $113 billion when we're facing at home a $2 trillion budget deficit. And as I told you earlier, we've got 1.4 next year. It's estimated that the interest alone on the national debt is going to be ballooning from $500 billion to $1.4 trillion just on interest or 1.2, one of those numbers. I mean, let me check that right so I don't get a, a nasty gram on that one. Uh, I believe it was one point, yeah, sorry, $1.2 trillion would be the interest payments starting next year. Uh, up from five hundred billion currently, and I didn't. Maybe I didn't uh, explain why uh, last segment. That's that's going to happen because there is, I believe, seven trillion dollars in treasuries rolling over here pretty soon. You know, over the next year and and then some some more time because a lot of people finance these uh, or bought these treasuries uh, short term. Uh, they roll over, so the government has to refinance these treasuries. So nobody's going to pay. The what? 2% it was or whatever you were getting on treasuries? 1.5%? No, they want the new higher rate. That's why the interest rate's going up so much because anybody with a a, a brain is going to say, well, we need to get the current interest rate. Sadly, the reality is the Federal Reserve will actually wind up buying a lot of these treasuries and throwing them on their their books. So it's kind of like we're shuffling from one hand to the other, our financial obligations, kind of like I call it um, um, like credit card transfer payments you're doing. Uh, from your credit card to your wife's credit card or something like that. We're getting, we're getting to that point. Uh, so anyway, yeah, 200, 
million dollars to Ukraine. It was announced by Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin uh, ahead of a meeting with allies um, today. Uh, Longer-term decisions over military support for Ukraine are on hold in Washington, where the House is without a speaker, as we know. already explained all that. And Republicans are split over extending funding. And I think that funding, when Congress gets back, is going to absolutely collapse. We're going to see this thing tank, and it is going to be an interesting winner uh, to watch all of this stuff. The U.S. has also pledged to provide arms for Israel for its growing military response uh, to the attack by Hamas militants. Hamas, I add, evil lunatics. Uh, savage, evil lunatics on Saturday, threatening to stretch the U.S.'s, US's attention and resources. You think? Wow. All right, love your thoughts. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. And if you're listening to the podcast, hit that subscribe button, share it with a friend, and give us a comment right in there on the podcast. Respect to Glenn Least, and we'll also talk about the producer price index and financial updates as well um as you know glenn lease with wt wealth Management, he's got this new um anti-woke portfolio i I really got to pick his brand on that one i think we've talked about a little bit in the past i think it's great that people are offering things like that um look i don't tell you how to invest or who to invest with even i uh, do tell you that i work with glenn I work with him on a, on a personal side financially. I also work with him on the show here and appreciate him coming in every couple of weeks to give us market updates. Why don't you call Glenn Lease to have that conversation with him as well? Glenn Lease at WT Wealth Management, 928-225-2474. That's Glenn Lease at WT Wealth Management, 928-225-2474. And I think you'll find he has a lot of the same values that you have as well. If you get a rock chip in your windshield, remember to always call Diamond Auto Glass first. That's what Angela and I have done for years. They will fix that before it spreads to the rest of your windshield. I know you're driving right now. I know you're looking at a rock chip and you're like, what do I do? Well, how many times do I got to tell you? Go over to Diamond Auto Glass on 4th Street. They'll fix it for you real quick. If you have glass coverage in the past, that is included. You need a new windshield. Diamond Auto Glass will be able to help you out as well. Give them a call right now, 928-779-4140, 928-779-4140, or thedifferenceisclear.com. listening to the podcast please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there if you're not listening to the podcast subscribe look up the jeff orbit show also on video rumble follow us there and on youtube subscribe we appreciate everyone who's done that this is the jeff orbit show Yeah, so Angela was going to do this hour with me, but she had to do some errands and stuff. And one of those errands, and she's not in a good mood, so I didn't think I wanted to bring her in. I don't know if she's listening right now. She's not happy. It's, it's probably all my fault. No, but it's, it's, it's property taxes. So I saw her writing out checks for property taxes. You all may be doing that as well. I guess they're, what do they do, at the end of, end of the month or something? I'm fortunate. She does all that stuff, right? But it has gone up dramatically. 
And I think a lot of people are experiencing large increases when it comes to your property taxes. And I think it's it's going to be even a bigger increase next year. You look, you've, the values on your home went up and commercial properties, you name it. The estimated values have gone up uh, dramatically. So there's an 18-month lag time when it comes to your property taxes as far as that valuation hitting. This happened in 2008. Uh, the property taxes, 18 months later, you know, when you're paying like your 2010 taxes, um, and maybe it was a little later than that. My, my timeline's getting a little fuzzy at this point. But anyway, right, you know, the, the 2008 financial crisis, 2009 financial crisis hits, everything tanks, and they were at very, very high values. And then right when you're in the depths of the great uh, recession, great financial crisis, the county comes in with their hand out in the cities and towns, right? And they're like, oh, we need our payment. It's based off of the old valuation, which no longer exists. You couldn't sell the place for anything near that. That's when I got into all this, quite frankly, got into politics. We had some county board of supervisors who'd been there forever. Uh, not quite as long as uh, the, the, Matt Ryan. He's the county board of supervisor in Coconino County. He's just finally retiring after like 27 years or something. It's like, we, we really need term limits. I mean, I really don't know the guy much served with him a little bit and did some things with him, but met him a few times, you know, worked together in a couple of things when I was on the council, but uh, 27, come on, 27 years. Can we just have like a two term, two or three term limit on these things? Like on all offices, you know, I mean, just, just, can we, can we be uh, five terms in, in the house in Congress? You know, you're in there for 10 years and you're good. Then then the speaker battles aren't as much because you don't have as much entrenched politics. You don't have the mindset of, oh, it's my turn. It's my turn. I've been here for a long time. Yeah, you've been there too long. And I was talking about Scalise and um, Jim Jordan, the beginning of the show, you know, both of which were running for Speaker of the House and Scalise got the thing, right? And it's like both of them have been in politics since the 90s. Come on. You know, if we had term limits, we wouldn't have these battles and these entrenched people. And I don't know either one of them. I think either one of them is going to be vastly better than, than McCarthy. And I think I think Jordan would be even better. But we shouldn't even have these people in there that long. But anyway, yeah, property taxes come and due. People are writing out those checks and expect it to get even worse uh, with a worsening economy, too. And then the politicians are always scratching their head. And, and the people that vote for every tax increase out there, especially in Flagstaff and Coconino County, they vote for every tax increase out there. Property tax increase, the, the councils and the county boards always do their statutorily allowed 2%, minimum 2% increase every year, right? And, and it just, your taxes go up and up and up and up and up. And let me ask you, your roads paved, you know, they fixing that stuff? I don't think so. Hey, remember Zero Res, if you want to save a little bit of money, has a great special this month. Uh, enter in the promo code FALL15, F-A-L-L-15, all capital letters, FALL15. When you go to ZeroResNorthernArizona.com, you save 15 bucks. That's a that's a great deal right there. Um, take advantage of it. Three rooms of carpet clean for 138 bucks. Uh, you get fabric clean, get your tiles cleaned, vehicle uh, fabric, couches, things like that. Uh, go to ZeroResNorthernArizona.com. That's ZeroResNorthernArizona.com. More to come next hour, including a lot of Arizona news roundup items and some of your comments. Back in a few. This portion of the show is brought to you by ZeroResNorthernArizona.com. This is the Jeff Orovitz Show.
All right, welcome back. Olivia's with me. I was alone last hour. I summed up uh, a lot last hour. I had so many news items. I don't usually do the hour by myself, but it's like... I know, you functioned without us? Yeah, like I better do it so I don't forget how to, you know, hang in there for an hour or two on my own. Um, but just really top off, because we got a lot of other stuff to hit here, uh, especially things in Arizona and some interesting stories as well. This one will be a little bit lighter, perhaps. Um, but you had the Speaker of the House nomination happen today, and Scalise beat out uh, Jim Jordan. So Scalise is, I think, tomorrow they'll vote for the actual Speaker. I don't think Scalise has the votes, though, so you're going to see turmoil there. Um, and then, of course, everything's still crazy in Israel. Here in America and around the world, you've got these pro-Hamas lunatic idiots going around you know, wearing their paraglider thing with the... Hamas flag behind it and all that. You got that crazy stuff happening. You got Bernie Sanders saying that Israel can't go into the Gaza Strip because of uh, international law, which is insanity right there. Uh, And then you've got Israel amassing about 100,000 troops. Last I heard, what do we know, though? Not on the ground there. And uh, hundreds of thousands of reservists uh, called and and ready, um, ready to, to, to battle as well. So it's going to be a crazy couple of days and weeks and we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens here. Uh, but Olivia joins me with your comments. We've got some of those. Uh, always appreciate that. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. I did on a lighter side. Is this going to be the new trend? I, uh, saw, I'm always seeing now these AI generated, like here's today's Elvis's birthday and he would have been 80, whatever. Right. This is a couple yeah. like last week. And all of a sudden I see this is what Elvis would look like now. Oh, really? John Lennon would have been this age and this is what he, they're all AI generated. Oh, right. And like, do I have to deal with this for the rest of my life now that, uh, today's the 200th anniversary of whoever. And this is what they would look like at 200. <laughs> Then what what I'm on there now is this is what Cleopatra would look like. How do you know? These people are just, these computers are just guessing like people guess when they're guessing the polling numbers of the weather. I know. <laughs> or which they stock's going to go up or better down. than anyone else. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's our future, I guess, is uh, every anniversary now. It's like, here's what somebody would look like at 523 years old. I just don't think I need to know this. You know, you know what I mean? Is it right. like in modern clothing or like a pile yeah. of dust like, and bones? Yeah. Like, which one is it here? It's like, here's Napoleon hanging out. No, it is. It's like they had um, 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 Emperor Augustus or something. It's like, and he was wearing like a collar shirt, you know? It's like, here's Emperor <laughs> Augustus just hanging out at the, you know, at, at I don't know, the McDonald's. restaurant. Yeah, that McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, right. Here's Augustus, Emperor Augustus eating a Big Mac. Or Starbucks that, time. Is that, is that Big Mac? Is that, is that, yeah, that's McDonald's, right? I don't go fast food anymore, so I don't even remember this stuff. McDonald's repulses me. So. You know, like, <laughs> Sorry if you like McDonald's. I can't <laughs> imagine why. She but had a bad experience. I don't mind. No, I, I like didn't. their fries. It's just I like their fries. Their fries. Experience. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the kids of today, man. I'll tell you what. Okay, a couple of Arizona news items. You're going to love this one, Olivia. House Bill 2288 is becoming law which will give semi-trucks or vehicles over 40 feet long the right-of-way in roundabouts. So, you know, roundabouts are very confusing. People going round and round and round, and you're like, which way do I go? And there's maybe two lanes sometimes, right? Oh, yeah, and there's right? like 37 signs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now this was passed in the legislature. It's going into law. Uh, these semi-trucks or any vehicles over 40 are going to have – the right of way. And I'm like, how am I going to know this? I'm just going to have to assume. So if somebody's towing, uh, their, their 36 foot camper with, um, 
you know, UTVs on the back as well? Do I have to yield to them even though normally it would be my, my turn to go? So this is kind of weird. So now there's a Democrat representative here in the state uh, and a couple other folks who are saying that this has gotten out of hand with the roundabouts, basically. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. And when this law goes into effect, it's going to be like confusing and chaos because you've got who do well, I Well, because it already to? is. Yeah, it already so is, right? Like we're going to make it worse. I mean, if it, I, I'm still trying to figure out what happened on 260 there going from Camp Ferdy to Cottonwood. Oh, my goodness. If the roundabouts. Like, whose idea was that? I know. It's so weird. Roundabouts to nowhere. There's like a roundabout and there ain't even a street. And you have to slow down, and then everybody guns it. It, like, goes off a cliff and ends. <laughs> yeah, it's like the roadrunner here, man. Uh, anyway, so what this, the solution that some are bringing forward to change the laws to add, <laughs> to add lights on the roundabouts, like stop or yield, like, <gasps> wasn't the point of the roundabout to not have any kind of stoplight or anything like that, or a stop sign was to continue the, the flow. Keep tra- traffic going. I predicted this years ago. I have been a pessimist when it comes to roundabouts. My short time for one term on the city council, I voted against every roundabout that came before me because I saw them back east. They were all torn out because they were so complicated. And uh, there's a roundabout down in Phoenix, by the way. It's like the roundabout from hell, and there's like accidents all the time uh-huh. down there because there's so many they lanes. They can do a light. They should just, you know, yeah. get rid of the roundabout. Well, yeah, it's like it's you don't have a – I always thought it was weird when we went to Mexico and they had a roundabout and there's a stop sign in the roundabout. And, like, that defeated the purpose of the yeah, roundabout. Like, why do you have a roundabout? They just like it to look uh, nice. They spend so much time on, doing their little gravel and their trees and whatever uh, yeah. in the center. Yeah, and the $4 million they spent on, like, that one on Schweitzer Canyon and Flagstaff is $4 million bucks for that roundabout. It's like roads Insanity. are expensive, but it's, like, 20 feet of, like, yeah. area total. <laughs> I offered to uh, pound in a stop sign and for 50 bucks, but um, that didn't go over well. But, yeah, anyway, it's, it's confusing. The most confusing roundabout I've ever been in is that one in uh, Paris, Arc de Triomphe. There's, like, a, it's like eight lanes that go oh. around the dang thing. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, okay, so, yeah, be prepared for that. Um, let's hit this one. Um, speaking of driving. I found this, I, I classify this under stupid headlines, and this one's from AZ Family, Arizona Rural Roads in Need of Electric Vehicle Charging Stations. It's all about this saga, about somebody who's having trouble getting around the country because of the lack of charging ports. When John Martinson decided to take a road trip from Phoenix to Newfoundland, Canada, he knew it was not going to be an ordinary trip. He would drive an electric vehicle... <laughs> Martinson and his wife have owned 10 of them, and he says there is a reason he decided to take the family's Tesla on the trip instead of his Rivian. Oh, yeah. Quote, there's a huge Tesla charging network, says Martinson. I always have that problem. I mean, when I'm like, you know, looking in the 10 car garage and I'm like, um, do, do, I choo- do I choose one of the 10 Teslas? Or maybe he doesn't own them all at the same time. Or the Rivian. You know, Rivian's like an $80,000 like truck, electric truck, right? So, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. These are problems. He says it would have been more challenging to take the Rivian, but not because the vehicle has problems, well, besides <laughs> its existence, but Martinson <laughs> says the Rivian is his favorite car, but Martinson and other EV drivers who spoke to Arizona's family says the char- charging network available to non-Tesla vehicles is simply more limited and less reliable. Quote, I would, I would wonder if the stations were working where I was going, said Martinson. Yeah, tough to plan. In the world of North American electric vehicles, there are essentially two types of charging stations, Tesla stations and everything else. Quote, there are a number of things that still need to be improved, says John Morrill, who owns an electric Jaguar. Oh, yeah, I have one of those, too. Uh, Just uh, charge up the Jag. 
He also loves his vehicle, but he says on long road trips, the charging network often requires him to drive out of his way to find a charging station that is functioning properly. Okay, so I wanted Olivia to read that part to set it up, right? Because that's like, okay, I've owned all these electric cars, and I've spent a fortune on these electric cars, and it's just so hard to drive because I can't, you know, I can't drive outside of certain areas and, and find a charging station. Right? Like, do you want me to give you a solution? Yeah, it's like it's like okay, these are real world problems here. So AZ Family analyzed the charging stations, um, and they looked at the data from the U.S. Department of Energy. We found charging stations concentrated in cities like Phoenix, Tucson, and Flagstaff. That makes sense. In some stretches of freeway, it is common to go 200 miles between so-called fast chargers. Okay. So that's like the and range. how far can these things go That's like again? the range. That's like the range if you're lucky. Now, if you're driving that Rivian and you're towing a boat, as they showed, the, I went to their website and they're towing a, like, a, like a camper, uh, like a, yeah. a, an expensive camper, you're not going up 200 miles. Exactly. It would be like, and even if you weren't, if you're going like downhill the whole way and the wind yeah. is pushing you, you'd be like, okay, come on, you yeah, can go, go the last few feet. <laughs> and then you if, you, if you do run out of uh, charge, as we learned with Bruce's Tesla, oh, Bruce Lee's, you can't push them. You can't like, uh, you can't put it in neutral oh, yeah, and push it off the road. There's no neutral on these it. things. Yeah. So it's like, who thought of that? Here's the kicker. This is an article from AZ Family. And the reason why I'm reading this is because it's just like, okay, people that have these cars are, I think, living in a different world than you know average folks out there but i found this last paragraph to be the absolute kicker here martinson says arizona's indian reservations need fast chargers oh yes so does the stretch of highway between phoenix and kingman and interstate 40 east of flagstaff most definitely but martinson says he's never going back to a gas vehicle quote traveling (laughs) in an electric car is delightful it's absolutely the best thing ever he said (laughs) oh my gosh oh this hurts okay so According to this article, Arizona's Indian reservations need fast chargers. That is the best thing we could possibly do with yeah, our yeah. money. I mean, they, they, they needed one thing more than fast chargers. And that's if you go up to um, a Cameron up there, right? You yeah. stop by the, the Cameron Trading Press there and get a, that great Indi- uh, Navajo taco. Oh, yeah. Oh, you bring man. me back one if you Good go. stuff there. But as you're driving through Cameron, you will note hundreds of streetlights. And also, I believe you head towards Tuba City as well, and you notice hundreds of streetlights. They really needed those streetlights. I mean, it's illuminated like an aircraft. I've talked about this before. Illuminated like an aircraft carrier out there. They definitely needed that. But number two on the list of needs, I would imagine, and I know we got people listening up there, number two would be fast chargers. Right, I mean, because all of the folks that have electric cars up there, you need to make sure you get fat. You don't need, you don't need. Okay, uh, eighty nine heading to page. That's been still large portions that are two lanes forever. That no politician has been able to fix, no bureaucrats been able to fix, and there's been head on collisions up there. Uh, you don't need four lanes there. You know how it also is like a roller coaster. You know, up and oh, down yeah. on that road. You don't need to flatten that Which, out. Good luck with your electric vehicle yeah. on that. No, you don't need that's Electric chargers are much more important. You don't need another gas station, say, between... I don't even know if there's one in Cameron. Yeah, there's one in Cameron, and then the next one is The Gap. You, know, you, you need an electric charger in there. Um, you also don't need... There's a lot of people that apparently don't have uh, uh, potable, good potable water. Up on the uh, reservation? Oh, who cares about Beca- water? No, you don't need as water. As long as you can charge your electric vehicle yeah. that everyone there has. The electric water delivery truck needs to charge, right? 
You don't need that. There's places that don't have internet, places that don't have electricity, places that don't have paved roads. So, yes, what we need in uh, rural areas in Arizona is more electric uh, charging ports. And, oh, by the way, the road between Phoenix and Kingman, I would probably say Interstate 40 east of Flagstaff, you know, where you will lose your Rivian, where the car will get swallowed by a yeah, hole. Yeah, you go down in a pothole and you just yeah. don't come out. Yeah, I'd rather have the roads paved before the, the electric chargers. That would be a priority <laughs> for most sane people. Total, total disconnect. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Love to hear from you. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. And if you are listening to the podcast, hey, listening back, I would love you to hit subscribe and give us a good comment right on there as well. And draw me a map for the charging station as well. All right, last year, Angela and I replaced our blinds in our house, and the Blind Brothers did an excellent job. Look, this is a great way to actually save. I mean, you want to electrify everything, and that's going to save the world. And remember Biden's nightmare last hour? I played that clip. His number one nightmare is the end of humanity is going to come from 1.5 degrees Celsius uh, temperature increase. Not from global thermal nuclear war. He, he He's nightmares about... Um, Climate change, right? That's the biggest threat to humanity. Look, if you think that uh, you have a big threat to humanity and you want to save on energy, then get new blinds. That's the way to go. Call the Blind Brothers. That's something real you can actually do. Uh, The Blind Brothers will give you all your options, not just the most expensive ones, and they have a lot of great options. Plus... Uh, make sure you get there and do their, let them do the installation. Mention the Jeff Orvis show, get up to half off the installation, have them do that. Uh, and that's in addition to any other advertised specials. Do your neighbors a favor. Call the blind brothers right now. 928-634-2423. That's 928-634-2423. Go to the blindbrothers.com. Angela and I have saved a lot of money by switching over to Eric Boatner and Lisa Boatner at Allstate Agency. Uh, man, they've done a great job for us. And Angela's talked about this a lot because she actually did all the work. But we, we worked with them for a couple years to get most of our policies switched over. we got a couple more left with renewals coming up that, of course, we'll move over to Eric Boatner at Allstate Agency. Uh, look, if you're if you need homeowners coverage, auto, I saved a ton on auto coverage. They did an excellent job. Uh, maybe motorcycle, RV, off-road vehicles, boats, business owners, life insurance. Eric Boatner at Allstate Agency, going to be able to help you out. Family-run company, been doing this for a long time, raising their family in the Flagstaff area and been in Flagstaff for a very long time. Check out their five-star Google reviews. Just check out Eric Boatner, B-O-A-T-N-E-R Agency, and and you'll see it. And uh, I'm really happy with them. And like I said, saving a couple thousand dollars on our auto insurance alone is a big deal. Give them a call. Eric Boatner, Allstate Agency, Charging ports are happy, right? Oh, so much. Well, if you want to take your Rivian out and um, that pickup truck and get a Christmas tree, right? 
if you can get out there far enough because you may not have a charging port. If yeah, the, if the extension if cord doesn't reach out there, there in the woods. Kaibab National Forest um, is opening up Christmas tree permits. I have a link. I'll put it in the podcast here. Um, they have a couple thousand available, I believe, uh, going on sale at recreation.gov. Um, three three ranger districts, so it's not just Kaibab, I guess, or maybe it's just the Kaibab range. It's in the Kaibab National Forest. Thursday, October twelfth, these things go on sale. So, you, I'm, have I ever cut it? Have we ever cut one fresh? No, I was just about to say we should go. Should we? Uh-huh. We have a Christmas tree that we picked out in Camp Verde. It was um one of those big sunflowers. Oh, you that's just go with right. that. It's like the Charlie Brown tree. <laughs> And the little dried-up sunflowers are perfect little ornaments. No decoration necessary. Yeah, you've already got that. Uh, Glenn Lease will be up next in a few minutes here. We've got a bunch of market up, uh, updates to talk about, excuse me, as well as the impacts of the spreading conflicts around the world and the potential for a wider conflict in the Middle East and what that means when it comes to the economy and, and your markets and, and all that. Um, Olivia has some comments. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Uh, I have one from John. The only time Israel was an aggressor was the 56 Suez Crisis. Suez Crisis, yeah, the Suez Canal, uh, 1956. That's when um, Israel, that's when I believe it was um, Britain and France went in to basically try to capture the Suez Canal, I guess, and then uh, Egypt forces went in, and um, U.S. was neutral on that, stayed out. It, this was hard of the Cold War. Soviet Union was almost dragged into that conflict, and ultimately uh, Egypt pushed uh, pushed them out. So, yeah, 56 and early 1957 uh, was when that happened. But I don't know what instigated all of that, but, yeah, they were going for that that canal, which is interesting because we had last year at the Suez Canal – that uh, freight freighter or whatever that was jammed up in the canal, it wouldn't take much to block that off. But people have been trying to get this canal for a long time. The Germans tried it in you know, World War II as well, and the British were able to hang on to that. So, uh, yeah, good good comment. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. I have another one. I don't know if this is the same John or different John, but John, they're in, they have John the too. best service in the world, and yet Mossad and their double agents missed this. I'm talking about the Hamas... Um, invasion over into Israel. And yeah, how, how did they miss that? It was, it was a huge intelligence failure because obviously this evil attack has been being planned for many, many months. It would have to be. They were training for this. I mean, you got people coming in on the, the ultralights and you got people just taking boulders. I mean, this was a planned, coordinated attack. We'll see how deep it goes. I suspect there'll be deep ties into Iran and possibly other nations as well. Um, but yeah, how did they miss that? But then I look back on 9-11 and you had That's all of true. this. Yeah, you look back on that and you, you ha- we have these. Okay, you got Mossad. You've got uh, our intelligence agencies here, which are also looking at these things. How did our intelligence agencies? Anyone in the world, yeah, how, really. How was this missed? I mean, look, uh, the Israeli intelligence agencies are known as top, you know, top of the top. U.S. intelligence agencies are supposed to be known as you know, top of the heap as well. They missed 9-11, though. There were people, I will say this, there were people within the intelligence community in the U.S. that knew something was coming uh, for 9-11, 
and there were people not listening. It didn't get through. Uh, there was other distractions at the time and this and that. So I don't know. Did somebody, yeah, wave a flag here and say, hey, there's something going on, and it was ignored or whatever the case may be. But, yeah, how do they miss it? I mean, we have these intelligence agencies, and they're, they're, they're supposed to know so much. It seems like on a personal side they know so much about our lives and, you know, all these other trivial matters, but they don't. They can't see this major attack yeah, coming. The big picture instead of the little tiny detail. Well, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Um, I honestly, I, I wish I knew that kind of, you know, I, I wish I had that kind of insight into what's going on there. But I just, um, you know, I just don't. So anyway, good, good question. Though. Hopefully, we'll find out over time because they need to correct that and figure out how do we correct our intelligence agencies uh, going forward. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. That's talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Let's see here. Uh, A couple more uh, show notes that I want to hit you up on. Uh, We're expecting Carrie Lake tomorrow. And as I was talking about uh, last hour, Carrie Lake entered the U.S. Senate race here in Arizona yesterday. She had a big, I don't know, party or something announcement yesterday down in phoenix revealing there you go the big revealing so carrie lake's supposed to be on the program tomorrow um and then we also and i don't think we're gonna get to this article olivia because we've got glenn least uh he's right at the door so we'll get him in here in a minute uh to talk about the economic side of everything that's going on around the world um but i i I do have an article here about and i'll try to cover it tomorrow governor hobbs is uh, really trying to end the ESA, the Empowerment Scholarship Accounts. And she goes on and on about all the abuses and everything, supposed abuses. But nowhere in this article do I see anything mentioned about all the wasteful spending in our public school system. It's oh, all, oh, they'll never acknowledge yeah, they'll that. They'll never acknowledge that. It's like, no, it's all for the good of oh, the children, except some, for those children. Somebody bought a trampoline. This program's so corrupt. And it's like, let me walk you through a local public school and we'll see. It's like those what kind evil of wasteful people spending. that just want to choose their children's education. How could they? they that, that is, you know, really the root of all. When you want to choose your own kids' education and not send them to uh, the government school, no, shame on you. All right, Olivia, uh, we'll get to more of these comments. Maybe tomorrow. We'll see if we got time for you on the program tomorrow. And uh, we got Glenn Lease coming up here next. Give us a big market update. And always get those comments and love hearing from you. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. All right, let's see. Um, lost my spot here. Oh, Kim Dawson at Nova Home Loans. Longtime sponsor on the program. Uh, has done a great job for so many people as far as refinancing their home, cash out refinances, uh, refinancing multifamily properties, investment properties, second homes, off-grid properties, condos, townhomes, you name it. Kim Dawson at Nova Home Loans will be able to take care of you. Angela and I uh, did a refinance with her last year, and she did an excellent job. She'll walk you through the entire process, and the process has uh, sadly gotten more and more uh, complicated over the years. But Kim Dawson of Nova Home Loans should help you out. Now, Nova Home Loans is Arizona's largest privately owned mortgage lender. They make local decisions like a bank, but they can also act like a broker, find you the best program out there. Call Kim Dawson right now, 928-310-6458. 928-310-6458. Mention the Jeff Orvich Show. Get $250 off the lender's fee at closing. That's 928-310-6458. Kim Dawson, NMLS 697411. Nova Home Loans, NMLS 3087 BK number 090242 Equal housing opportunities Subject to credit approval Terms and conditions may apply It is um, I'll bring you back in on this one It is Wing Wednesday Ah uh, yes I get to be part of this one Because I know how good it is Half price wings at Sportsman's Bar and Grill mm, Don't torment me All different kinds of 
flavors or toppings. What do we call those? Sauces. Including one that will literally burn your head off. Oh, yeah. I well, don't know what it's called. But I'll have all the other ones. Yeah, don't get that one. Sportsman's Bar and Grill just north of downtown Flagstaff, uh, right there in the Basha Shopping Center. Stop on by for some great food. Take advantage of Wing Wednesday. Tomorrow for lunch, stop by for sliders. Great deal on sliders as well. Those are really good. Mm, I heard tomorrow for lunch and expected you to say, <laughs> yeah, oh, I take will bring you, over you there. some for, at school. <laughs> uh, yeah. Please do. No. Sportsman's Bar and Grill, where I may bring Olivia some food. All right, hang tight. Back with Glenn Least. Hey, if you're listening to the podcast, please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there. If you're not listening to the podcast, subscribe. Look up The Jeff Orvitz Show. Also on video, Rumble, follow us there. And on YouTube, subscribe. We appreciate everyone who's done that. Listening to the Jeff Orovitz Show. This is the Jeff Orovitz Show. All right, welcome back. Um, to try to kind of unpack, let's stick with what's going on in the Middle East at first. But I, I want to get into the broader economy. So, of course, uh, Glenn Least is here from uh, WT Wealth Management, and, and I'm sure you've been watching in horror since the weekend. <laughs> I mean, Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, crazy evil that's happened over there mm-hmm. um, in, in the Middle East, in Israel. Uh, and obviously, we don't know where this is going to go, Glenn. So I thought of you, and I was like, what, what does this mean? And then not to put money and finances and economics above everything, but it's a, it's a huge thing, of course. Obviously, you've got yeah. the human uh, turmoil and mm-hmm. loss over there. But this could have huge ramifications on the oh, yeah. overall economy. I mean, what what do you think is yeah. going to happen here? We live in such an interconnected world right now where what happens in those nations does have an effect. And I was actually thinking about that today. Um, I was just kind of doing some work around the house, and I was thinking, man, you know, this is going to have an impact on me personally. And what would that look like? I, I This morning when I went to go get groceries, everything was like a dollar more, a dollar to a dollar 50. So it felt like everything huh. was 10 to 15% higher just since last week. And so I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's just on a couple items, but it was a pretty much across the board. So now I shop at Sprouts, so <clears throat> maybe that's part of it. But yeah. definitely. That's why they give you the little carts there, man. So you yeah. feel like you bought something. <laughs> right? It makes you feel like, yeah, exactly. No, but you're, you're, into, you're, you're a very healthy guy. You work out a lot. And so there's there's... And a lot of people don't look. It doesn't matter if you're shopping at Sprouts or Walmart or it's Safeway. Across the board, yeah, you've seen massive uh-huh. increases on on all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, massive. and um, it, it, I think I just heard California's gas prices hit an average of eight dollars. Oh, really? I haven't looked at the AAA rates. Really, that is they've spiked wild. here. I mean, yeah, it was so, almost five right now. Yeah, I, I mean, we're, I'm sure in Phoenix are already above five. It's weird because Verde Valley's lower. It's something with the mix this time of year. They mm. do the winter mix is getting in, but oil's starting to spike. I yeah. mean, you're looking at an area. Now Israel doesn't produce any oil or anything like that, but you're looking at a region that hates Israel. And then some of them hate each other. Saudi Arabia and Iran actually hate each other. They do. I mean, it's different, yeah. you know, Sunni, Shiite thing going on and all that. But so much of our oil comes from these Iraq, Iran, Saudi Arabia, all these areas. And that's still, the, d- despite Joe Biden's dream of the electric car and unicorns and all this, 
is still the driver of the world economy. Yeah, and actually heard recently that the uh, military was looking to try and make some of their tanks electric. So that way when we're sending our tanks into enemy territory, blowing them to smithereens, mm. at least we're helping save the environment. So so there, some of these things are absolutely nonsensical. They just make no sense. Um, and, and even everything runs on diesel and gasoline for yep. a lot of our, our transportation. And why are we helping support some of these nations that, one, are either not exactly, you know, we're not exactly good friends with or straight up just hate us or they're hell bent on destroying another nation. I mean, when you look at some of these nations, Iraq, Iran, Assyria, some of them have come out and said straight up, we, our goal is to destroy Israel. Mm -hmm. And so as a nation, that's your, your stance. Imagine if the United States came out and made statements like that saying, okay, our goal is to destroy Mexico, for example, people would be up in arms. Like, how could you do that as a nation? So when you talk about evil exists in the world, yeah, it certainly does. And I don't know where the breakdown is of why we're not drilling and extracting our own oil. That part has always boggled me unless the powers to be that have rescinded or made our oil and energy policies less favorable are doing so to, to strategically break down and, um, you know, really kind of hurt our nation. Hurt, hurt America. Yeah, because it makes yeah. no other sense. Like, um, Or they're just, they're just monumentally stupid, Glenn. Can I, I want to play you a clip, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was Joe Biden, and I played this last hour, in Vietnam last month. And the question was, what's the biggest threat out there to, to our world? The only existential threat humanity faces, even more frightening than a, than a nuclear war, is global warming going above 1.5 degrees in the next 20, 10 years. <laughs> that's, 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 Glenn, that's, that's it's all the biggest... It's all smoke and mirrors. It's yeah. all like, let's get your attention over here. Well, in the meantime, we've got a massive fentanyl crisis coming in from the southern border. I saw like, stacks I, just piled up. I, um, I know someone personally that their child, you know, grown child, thought they were taking an aspirin and it was laced with fentanyl, uh, and they did not survive. Um, so we got the fentanyl crisis. We got human trafficking coming from the southern border. We've got, you know, insane prices um, happening in our nation. We've got all these other issues, but yet global warming, really? Global warming is yeah. our number one priority. And, and, um, and the number one fear, Glenn, like like he closes his eyes or somebody does and they're like shaking and scared to death. Not not of nuclear bombs exploding and thousands of them from Russia yeah. and the U.S. and dying from that, but no, 1.5 degrees. Yeah. Really? I mean, either they're incredibly stupid and actually believe this, or there is something deeper and nefarious at play here. I, I remember it was when when did that movie in Inconvenient Truth come out with Al Gore? Was it like the early two thousands? Right after he lost the election. There, yeah. <laughs> I remember watching that, and there's that scene where he's on the elevator or escalator <laughs> thing, showing us if we keep going the way we're going, here's what things will look like in twenty thirty or twenty twenty five, whatever it was. I think we may have already. Yeah, passed and it, it was like. Half of Florida was going to be underwater mm-hmm. or something insane. I just remember like being afraid at the time, but also I was really young and naive. Mm-hmm. I didn't really understand the world as a whole and what real evil looks like and, and the real problems are. Um, I, I think when you're in a bubble and you're young, you just don't understand unless you've had the experience or have traveled the world to see where other places live and how life is. It's hard to have a perspective. So yeah, if you're inside a you know cushioned you know environment. 
in America, you may say, oh, well, yeah. maybe global warming is the number one priority until you travel the world and you see some real human carnage and just awful things happening. You're going, that's like number 50th on the list, right? We have way more important things to deal with than, yeah, and don't get me wrong. We want to be a good caretaker of our environment. Absolutely. But absolutely, but not at the expense of human life, you know? And so I yeah, think that's number 50. Re- I only have 10 things that I'm like, you know, waking up at night over. <laughs> so it's not even like on it, that yeah, radar. Global warming is not yeah, one of them. Not, yeah. I mean, no, seriously. I mean, this is what's going on in, we've seen almost two years now, Ukraine and Russia. And we see um, Israel and Hamas and other nations now siding with Hamas. Um, Turkey, Aragon came out with something, right? And um, Egypt, there's tension at the border there. Uh, you name it. It's yeah. just like everybody's kind of picking their sides in this world, Glenn. Meanwhile, you've got China over there. Mm-hmm. Who who are they going to side with? Who's Iran going to side with? Who's even India going to side with? And all of a sudden, we're in a world where we have almost these, once again, these two axes. Yeah. The, the, and the, so, the allies and the axis. You know, if you look back in in the Bible and scripture, it does talk about Israel as a nation that, you know, those that bless Israel will become blessed and those that curse Israel will be cursed. And so I do think this is one of those dividing things where you got to, you know, are you going to support Israel or are you going to um, actively go against them? And so I think people are picking their sides. And, and for me, it's a no brainer. It's mm-hmm. like you have these clearly evil countries hell bent on destruction. I don't know how we could possibly side with those uh, those baby killers yeah these terrorist organizations like there's nothing in me that remotely says okay those are the good guys and we need to support them it's just pure evil so it is challenging times but kind of going back to the uh you know the markets yeah one thing i have seen and i always try not to make financial decisions based on emotions or fears but i have seen in the last week to two weeks, a lot more uneasiness with some clients calling in and just worried about the state of affairs of the world, what's going to happen, you know, the world is going to, you know, it's going to be turned upside down, everything's going to be, you know, go to zero, and that's probably not going to happen, but um, you know, what do we do? How, this is the time when you want to make sure you've got someone in your corner that can help walk you through and, you know, kind of silence out some of the, the noise keep and, you calm. and keep you calm. Yeah. Um, and it's not going to go zero. You and I have spent years yeah, talking yeah. about this. If it went to zero, none of, none of this matters anyway. Sure, it's, yeah. it's zombie apocalypse, nuclear war, or 1.5 degrees, according to Biden. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a, um, a mentor of mine say, if that ever happened, where all the con- companies that we invest in go to zero, which yeah. are all the ones that are necessary to our way of life, um, the only thing that's going to matter at that time is bread and bombs, or yeah, you know, well, as ammunition, yeah. right? Yeah, Because exactly. the, the whole, our whole way of living is completely disrupted. And, and a lot of these companies that we're in, my... My thought process, my perspective is we can't live without them, even if we wanted to, unless we're going to go back 50 years of our, in our quality of living, which I just don't see happening. Um, I mean, are we going to live without cell phones? Are we going to live without internet? Are we going to go back to farming our own food, producing our own energy? You know, I'm trying, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's, it's, it's so you know, I even look at a company like Amazon, whether you love them or hate them, they are a big part of our daily life. And mm-hmm. there's so much that I get off of Amazon. And frankly, it's a great, off- okay, so I'll give you one example. Um, I have a lot of electric power tools, the mm-hmm. Ryobi, great, great tools, but those batteries are so stinking expensive. Oh, yeah. I bought one at Home Depot, it was like 150 bucks, and it was like the premium high capacity. Well, I went on Amazon and I found two of them for 90 and they had more capacity. So I was like, 
Amazon is able to find an equivalent battery for like $45 as opposed to $145. And the quality is just the same. You know, it fits in all the same tools. And so there's an opportunity for me to like, okay, I can save some money there or things can be more convenient or I can't find this piece or part. Amazon. take advantage of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Glenn, I I always promote shopping local and finding local things as as much as you can. But there's many times I've been in a local shop and I can't find something. I pull up the app. And I go on to Amazon. I don't like Jeff Bezos a, mm-hmm. a bunch. I mean, I don't know him personally. I shouldn't say I don't like. I, I don't like some of the politics I've heard from him and some of that stuff. Sure. But it is an ease of order, and they have provided a tremendous service that mm-hmm. somehow they are able to deliver like nobody else. Uh, this week, I uh, finally ordered a new cover for my Jeep. You know, it's just leaking water in there. Soft top, right? Yeah. Yeah, I had more choices than I than I knew what to do with, and it's it's here tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. so I, I 100% agree. You're trying to keep things local as much as you can, but there are some things that just is not possible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, these companies are so ingrained in our way of life. We're not going to live without them. Let me ask you this because we're, we're short on time, and we're going to carry this on to a, a podcast and then get this on later in the week, too, and then over the weekend, and then for everybody in, in podcast world as well because we got to hit on uh, more on CPI. Um, we want to hit on um, tariffs, uh, anti-woke investments, things like that. So keep an eye out. I'll let you know when that's going to uh, – when Glenn's going to be back for that. Um, but where do you see this all going um, I, I know that you're always optimistic and as, sure. as best as possible, and especially the long term. How do people kind of protect themselves, I guess, in what could be very, very turbulent short to midterm times, sure. in my opinion? I mean, maybe you think differently. Yeah. Um, I think doing your best to keep the debts at a minimum is going to be one. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to be self-sufficient as much as you can. So I, I realize it's not possible for everyone, but you know, we've got solar on our house. We've got a fire uh, place we can chop wood. Biomass um, is called now. Biomass. They don't though. call it fire firewood. <laughs> well, I, wood we, we chopped down trees to get it. So, yeah, um, that those are biomass trees. But go ahead. And then Sorry. maybe eventually we're going to have some rain collection system for watering our yeah. yards. Um, so I think just some common sense of okay, let's try to maybe spend a little bit less, pay off some debts, um, maybe try and scale back our lifestyle slightly, um, because the the cumulative inflation effect is almost 20%. So everything is costing 20% more Easily. at least yeah. in the last two years. And that has a big impact because I, I guarantee you we're not getting paid 20% more. Nope. And so we're having to absorb those costs. And just like I was saying with going to Sprouts, I mean, I'm not going to not buy groceries. I'm not going to go and buy the cheap food because for me, that's necessary for my health and well-being. So I think overall, it's just some tightening of the, the belt a little bit and then trying to uh, be as... Um, be as frugal as possible. Be as, as frugal as possible, but also self-sustaining. Be have some common sense with when it comes to this election time is voting for people that are going to represent the best interests of our nation first. Um, not to say we can't help out other nations and we can't be the police officer of the world, but we also have to fix some of our own domestic problems mm-hmm. too, because we're no good to anyone else if we're in shambles. Um, you know, just like when you, when the airplane, you know, is having turbulence or it's about to crash and the face masks pop down. The first yep. thing you do is put yours on and then go help other people. Get, get your house in order. Yep. Uh, but then our nation, I was, I've been talking about this all week, our nation needs to get our, our act together, get in order. I mean, yeah. the, maybe you elect a speaker tomorrow, maybe someone who's better than the last one. Not that the solution is in Congress or anything, but getting taking care of the fiscal problems is, is huge for me. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. All right, Glenn. Um, Glenn's going to stick around. We're going to do some, some overtime here and get that on the podcast and uh, – 
Appreciate it, Glenn. Appreciate those updates. Uh, yep. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com if you got a comment. Love hearing from you. You can definitely save some money at Diamond Auto Glass uh, right there on 4th, 4th Street in Flagstaff. Uh, zip on in there if you've had glass coverage before with them. Um, they're, it's included. Get that chip repaired. They'll fix that thing, get you underway. If you need a whole new windshield, they've got the technology to do it because you probably got a, a camera and all that in there. Call Diamond Auto Glass, 928-779-4140. 928-779-4140. That's Diamond Auto Glass at 928-779-4140. Or go to thedifferenceisclear.com. Hey, you still got time to get the this awesome number one gutter protection company out there is Gutter Helmet. And Gutter Helmet of Northern Arizona can get this system installed, multi-patented reverse curve to flex all the pine needles so that you don't have to go on the roof anymore and clean those gutters out. Right now, uh, biggest discount that Gutter Helmet of Northern Arizona has ever offered on the show. Normally, it's 30%, 35% off, 35% off. You got to call or text Carl, the Gutter Helmet man right now at 928 928- 318-6555. That's 928-318-6555. And you get more info about their great system, great warranty as well. Gutterhelmet, NAZ.com. Back in a minute. listening to the podcast please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there if you're not listening to the podcast subscribe look up the jeff orbit show also on video rumble follow us there and on youtube subscribe we appreciate everyone who's done that this is the jeff orbit show All right, if you missed anything, um, and, and, you know, it's well worth listening back to my interview with Larry Behrens from yesterday on the show, He's my energy guy, talking about Strategic Petroleum Reserve. I think that's really important right now. Uh, go to talkwithjeff.com. I also have the videos up there and the audio of my interviews with the pro and no Prop 480 people. Uh, that's the hospital issues that, that that's uh, Flagstaff voters are voting. I think you're going to get your ballots here towards the end of the week. Go check that out, talkwithjeff.com. That's talkwithjeff.com. Uh, show note, tomorrow I'm expecting now officially announced Senate candidate Carrie Lake returning to the program. It's been a while since we've had her on. Um, and still this week, you know how um, Hobbs, Governor Hobbs, is really trying to kill the ESA program. we got Jenny Clark, uh, who's going to break down how... Um, how to save this program so we have full school choice for our kids. All right, I hope you all have a great, safe night. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow, and don't forget to check out the podcast as well, talkwithjeff.com. Take care. See you soon.